0: It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Shazam! Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother Dusty, our first brand new episode in about three weeks. So how are you doing, Dust? I'm
1: doing great. Dude, I'm doing fantastic, actually. And being able to get back on the podcast, watch some movies is really, really fun. Obviously, we have lots and stuff going on on our own businesses. You know, we don't have jobs, which is fantastic. We're really blessed to not have to work a job, but we have businesses and working on those businesses, you got things you got to do. So how is your projects and everything going that you were wanting to take time off on?
0: Uh, things are going really well, man. I whipped out a couple webinars and stuff doing a ton of podcast episodes, and I've been putting a lot of work into my first course. So I'm not ready to release it yet. But this time off from the Watch and Learn podcast, it really has been beneficial for me. So but I think are we done with the time off? I'm I'm thinking we are. How do you feel? Yes. And so I am
1: super ready to start the podcast. I've been watching some movies on my own just for fun. In fact, I wanted to bring up a couple. So one that I watched recently, and I think it was on Netflix. I was just kind of wanting to hang out the wife and sit on the couch and watch a movie. And I was watching or scrolling through Netflix. And a movie came on that or was on there that I was like, you know what, I liked that movie. It was fun. I want to watch it again. It was Kung Fu Hustle.
0: Have you heard of that one? Yes, I watched it when it first came out uh, years ago. Loved it. Loved it at the time.
1: Yeah, very, very fun movie. And it's it's always funny. Like, you know, like you have a, a really good karate guy and then one's better than that just kind of emerges. And then one after that it emerges and it just kept going and going. And eventually you get to the, the ultimate karate, you know, the ultimate frog guy. dude, right? Well, no, the frog dude was the ultimate bad guy who was the ultimate bad guy. But the other guy who was the one that was completely unassuming, didn't know karate, didn't know anything. All of a sudden, he almost dies and then wakes up a kung fu master and defeats that toad uh, frog guy.
0: That's right. He's like the writer and director Stephen Chun or Stephen Chow, right? The frog guy? No, no, no. The, The main actor who becomes the master. Oh, I
1: don't know. I didn't look into that.
0: Yeah, I think that's Stephen Chun or Stephen Chow, writer, director of the movie.
1: Oh, very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a fun, fun movie to watch and seeing all the superpowers and everything. So that's the first movie I watched. The second movie, I actually went to the movie theater to watch it. And it's a movie that definitely did not get much um, um, like marketing or they tried to market it but it didn't get out and nobody was actually wanting to market it. It was called Unplanned. Have you heard of it? No. So Unplanned, it's actually from a book. There was a book written by a lady so she was working for Planned Parenthood, and it was quick, <laughs> that's
0: what. I'd, as soon as you said "unplanned," I thought to myself it might be something along those lines.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so basically, what it comes down to, she thought she was pro-life, um, which means you know not killing babies, um, and then then she became pro-abortion, and she started working for Planned Parenthood. Like she literally worked there; was like the general manager of it, like one of the biggest abortion um, uh, play. Uh, Uh, facilities in the nation and she got like the top um top employee like employee of the year for all of Planned Parenthood and that's like she was like a big top dog in there and she never saw an abortion like saw it actually happen she was never in the room and then one day after she got the award like maybe a few weeks after that or months um she got asked to go inside the room to watch the abortion and help out and facilitate the ultrasound and she was disturbed at how like you literally the baby moves away from the like trying to suck like they literally suck out the baby this is getting a little too graphic but anyways she saw the baby move and like man babies are actually feeling things and so anyways she left Planned Parenthood Parent Planned Parenthood t- tried to destroy her by like you know suing her and uh, a whole bunch of bad things and in the end she won you know it was like a, a 50 minute trial and they didn't have anything on her and she won but it basically shows her story so I went and watched that movie um, really really eye-opening just really really crazy so I'm not surprised that you haven't heard of of it because it it seems like you know they, they either they didn't do good marketing or they weren't allowed to market. In fact, it was rather interesting. There were only two companies that were allowing marketing. Like they tried to market it with CBS and NBC and ABC and all that, but only two companies. Can you guess which two um, TV stations allowed their marketing? No, I don't. Fox is one. The other one is TBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. Those are the only two that got it. So anyways, I watched the, both of those movies. Those were enjoyable to watch. Um, obviously, the plan was a little rough because you could see a lot of a lot of gruesome things in there. But uh, yeah, so how about you? Have you watched any movies since we've had this time off?
0: Oh, I've watched quite a few movies just, you know, with the family. Watched uh, uh, Pulp Fiction again. I watched the first two Maze Runner movies. I'm going to watch the third because I was reading the books. Uh, and, you know, another, mo- you know, other movies here and there, but nothing really uh, to speak on right now, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I-, I haven't watched too, too many movies other than we. the kids always want to go back and like watch Thor Ragnarok or Ant-Man 2 and things like that. So we watch those over and over again because they
0: like them. Cool bean. So let's go ahead and get to today's movie, Shazam. Um, I know ahead of time you weren't too jazzed on the idea um uh, of seeing Shazam because you just didn't know anything about the character. And tell the truth, I didn't know anything either. But I've been hearing lots of good word of mouth. And everyone says, it's going to be a great movie. It's going to be good. And I I like the fact that um, DC has had a couple of good hits with Wonder Woman and Aquaman. So I was expecting this. Not expecting. I was hoping it would be a good movie. And really, for me, it turned out to be a good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What about you?
1: I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought going into it, I was like, OK, this is going to be a kid's movie or it's going to feel like a kid's movie and just the the whole way it's going to play out kind of seemed because i had like you said no idea about the characters about plots or anything like that and as we always say we never watch trailers which helps a lot um i just knew something about a kid getting powers and becoming this big you know buff superhero so i thought that was rather it could be kind of hokey, you know, kind of corny. And a, a kid's dream, like it would be a like kid's kid's um, super awesome dream where the movie Big meets Superman and you put them together and that's what happens. And absolutely. So if I was 15 years old, I'd be like, man, this movie's going to be awesome. I want to go see it. So with that being said, I really enjoyed it. They did a really good job mixing humor and action and also mixing in the storyline. Now, even the story was a little... Uh, at at a couple of times were kind of like, "Uh, oh, that's kind of gimmicky or not gimmicky. That's not like hokey or something like that. Like cliche? Um, cliche no, not necessarily cliche. Just kind of like, oh, that's kind of corny, you know. But um, outside of that, it was
0: really, really enjoyable to watch. Good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, you had mentioned the trailer a little bit ago. Didn't watch it, but I just watched it five minutes after you and I got on this call right now, or five minutes before. And it gave away three big spoilers for me. Number one, it showed that he has multiple superpowers. So I came into this not knowing anything about Shazam, but if I had seen the trailers beforehand, I would know he'd have, you know, super speed, durability, uh, flight, electricity, all that stuff. So that was a bit of a spoiler in the trailer. You also see that Mark Strong is the bad guy in the trailer, and I had no idea who the bad guy was going to be. I loved it going into the theaters and seeing Mark Strong as the bad guy. And then, of course, they show you the entire bus save when he saves that bus full of people falling off the overpass. So three trailer spoilers that I counted there.
1: Yeah. And when I when I look at them, those aren't, you know, huge, huge spoiler. The big spoiler would be if they would have given away the Friends turning into Shazam as well. Oh, yes. That, that would have been disgusting. Like, that would have been just like, you guys are If this horrible. was a
0: universal movie, they would have spoiled that.
1: Yeah they, they sure yeah, they sure would have. Yeah. They sure would have. Like, who was that other Shazam person? Or something mm-hmm. like that. They would do something like that. Yeah. Um. But I, in not watching the trailer, it really got me to be engrossed in the story. And that's what's so fun about not watching stupid trailer or trailers in general. I call them stupid because they get irritated because they just spoil everything. 100%. And I really, really enjoyed going along with the storyline from beginning to end. It was good.
0: Yeah, I agree. And one thing I really liked about this trailer... They did not allude to the whole foster child thing that he has his family. You see him interacting with some kid in the trailers and you think, oh, that's his, you know, uh, middle school friend. You just, you have no idea. But like you said, the story is pretty cool. And I like the whole foster child. You and I, of course, we weren't foster children. We don't really know what that's like to be a foster child. But I think this movie pretty, for my money, it, it portrayed the whole foster child uh, I guess, mindset or what it's like to be a foster child pretty well for me, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we can't know completely what they go through. But that definitely helped a lot to see, you know, the perspective. Because the kid thought that he was the the problem. Like, he was the reason. Like, I, I didn't mean to run away. You know, that for his whole life, he was thinking that. And that was a really good takeaway is, you know, usually the people or the, the kids or they start to blame themselves. Like, what did I do when it's in fact... Most of the time, it's the parent that's just a jerk, Um, you know, a bad parent. But uh, so with that, uh, the thinking of Shazam, did you know Shazam's name originally was Captain Marvel?
0: Yeah, I heard about that. Yes. So it's basically um,
1: between Marvel and DC, the two different companies. They both used the name Captain Marvel, but DC started from the very beginning with Captain Marvel and then Marvel actually started using captain marvel on a couple different characters that kind of switched the names kept switching back and forth but um it turns out that i think it was like in 2010 dc like with copyright so they nobody really i think dc actually had the copyright and then they let it go a little bit or something like that but in 2010 they completely let it go and said we're going to have the character be shazam now instead of being captain marvel what do you think of that change if we didn't know anything about captain marvel from the marvel universe what would you think about between Captain Marvel or Shazam?
0: you mean how do I feel
1: about the two different movies? No no, just the names Captain oh, Marvel or Shazam for this character. it would be
0: it would be super confusing for everybody if d c came out with a captain Marvel movie uh shazam itself and i'll talk about the name in just a little bit that's kind of a weird enough name it sounds really childish and stuff but if they had a captain marvel it's not childish it's just straight up confusing so i'm glad they did not and i had no idea they they actually had the patent or the copyright on the name until 2010 they sure did
1: yep they sure did and they gave it up in like 2010 and then marvel took over
0: good that's the thing to do you don't want i mean you're dc your competitor is marvel now from what i understand hearing interviews uh outside of the movies and stuff they're actually the two companies are friendly with each other right marvel wants dc to succeed because the more superhero movies that people love they're more likely to go see marvel same thing for dc right i mean it's just we're just one big group instead of being like two combating movie companies right i completely think that's
1: a fantastic idea and i'll give you an example so i teach real estate rental properties now my my main business, I own real estate and I make money from that. But I also teach people how to do real estate. And there is like, it's basically an online business where I help people. Now there are a lot of people that do the same thing and I could view them as competitors, but why do that when I can look at them as allies and we can work together to make this space bigger or you know more people interested in it and they get some customers I get some customers, or your clients or coaching clients and things like that and why not work together to help more people that's that's what in my opinion business should be in for all for helping people's lives to get better not just to make money now I'm all for making money don't get me wrong I'm definitely a hardcore capitalist but I make more money when I help more people and it seems like DC and Marvel if they're doing that that's a great way to go
0: Absolutely. Uh, You remember back in the day when we were kids kids nowadays don't know this but back in the day where there are three stations abc nbc and cbs and if you were an actor on one station on a, a cbs sitcom for example you would never go on an nbc talk show or an abc talk show right they were they were total enemies fighting against each other but nowadays with the proliferation proliferation of so many channels with podcasts with youtube and stuff everybody is everywhere and it does make sense that like if if this awesome game of thrones on hbo was so famous you might as well have them on your nbc talk show and it helps both groups you know absolutely
1: now thinking of captain marvel the movie and shazam the movie there's one actor in particular that was in both can you think of who it is well yeah Jamon hansu is that how you pronounce it well I it was I'm, that's I'm assuming i thought it was digimon
0: well, yeah, it might be Digimon. Digimon Hansu. Yeah. <laughs> but Jimon so, yeah, Hansu and uh, you know, he's there's been a, a few actors there I I from my perspective, they're lucky enough to be involved within both of our uh, you know, number 1 and number 2 uh superhero universes out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it was really cool to have him in there. Mm-hmm. And it was rather interesting that he's in both, you know, the Captain Marvel movie and also the character, Captain Marvel. That's oh, now, that didn't sand. even
0: register with me.
1: Yeah, it's very similar. So I thought that was really fun too.
0: Oh, awesome, man. I I love him as an actor, man. Ever since, I think the first time I ever saw him was in Gladiator. I it, think- and Me too. Since Same. then, he's been in so many different movies. I mean, he's just, it, it, he's the kind of guy that you always like to see in a movie because he looks so serious and he's big and buff and he's scary, but then he also has this little comic side to him sometimes that he shows in movies. I really like him as an actor.
1: Yeah, same here. And I'm just looking at his IMDb, like his his um, uh, filmography. He's been in a ton of things before, what was it called? Um,
0: uh, Gladiator? Gladiator, yeah. Oh, Gladiator maybe just first... back then you just don't recognize him, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Gladiator was the first movie that I remember him in. That was in 2000. But before that, he was acting all the way up until like, or before like 1989. He was in Tina Turner, a video short, like I Don't Want to Lose You. He was in that Um yeah. So, anyways, he was in lots of other. Th- oh, he was in Beverly Beverly Hills 90210. He was actually in that as well. Oh. um So, yeah. Back in '89, he started acting. But yeah, he's fun to watch. I I whenever I see him in a movie, he, it's hard for him. Anyways, uh, the thought was in my mind, it's hard for me to get away from like he, he's the same type of person in every movie. Yeah. Just probably because of his his accent. But he, I don't see him having a a, a variety of different. Like you think of um um. Martin Short would have a, a ton of different type of characters or um, shoot. What's, I uh, can't believe I forgot his name. Or he like someone Goodwill. like,
0: yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a ton of different types of characters and stuff. I mean, some actors can really yeah. transform themselves for different roles, but you're right. Yeah. Jimon Hanson is Myers, kind of like yeah. the same guy every time.
1: Yeah. 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 Just like Jeff Goldblum, but you love them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're great <laughs> actors.
0: <laughs> yep. You're absolutely right about that awesome so just in general not in general i'm sorry what grade would you give shazam
1: because i could absolutely watch it again because they like i said mixed the action the storyline as well as humor into it and i found and i didn't realize this until um dc screwed it up with uh dong of justice yes when that that like zero humor like absolutely horrible Mm -hmm. and it just made me feel like this sucks like or not sucks uh, it, it was okay but like I felt weighted, like I felt like the world was pressing down on me when I got done. Now, when I watch something like Guardians of the Galaxy with a lot of humor and a lot of fun, and Thor Ragnarok, a lot of fun, and Shazam, I feel en- not not necessarily energetic, but I feel better. Like I feel like this is not a, a horrible, weighty movie. And so, because of all that, and the storyline was really fun, um I give a, I give it an A minus.
0: Wow, that's a better grade than I. I I really liked it a lot, but I gave it a B because just about all of the action scenes, they weren't as good as most other superhero action scenes. And I got kind of bored quite a few times, especially at that last action scene. So I still give it a B. It was a lot of fun, a lot of humor, great story, great acting too. Zachary Levi as Shazam was great. The kid who played Billy Batson, I liked him as well, and his entire foster family and Mark Strong. Great acting, but because I was a little bit bored at times and I was kind of like waiting for the next cool thing to happen, I have to drop it a little bit to a B. I
1: get it. I, I completely get it. And as as you're saying that, it definitely did, does ring true in my mind. A couple of those action, actually the all the action scenes, like they were very short-lived and uh, you can't really see all that much. Like it really was not done mm-hmm. very well. Now there's a, a big reason why I, I wouldn't say a big reason, uh, a big reason why I, that I put it to an A was because I could watch it again and I probably would watch it with my car. I would watch it with my kids, which makes it, you know, elevates it above a C. But I also enjoyed it. You know, I had fun. I didn't necessarily feel bored at any time. I never felt like that throughout it. But I completely agree. Those action scenes were a little, you know, when he's like discovering his powers, and this will be one of my lessons in the middle. um, But when he's discovering his powers in the middle of a fight, you know, of an evil guy that's going to, I'm like, you wouldn't, he would not be, yay, I can fly. No, i would be like, let me get, get me away from you or something like that. You know, it's just, it, it really detracted, in my opinion, from the, the action, which was, it should be a much more dire situation for somebody like a kid that's 14 years old.
0: I agree with you there. And I think they were a little bit constrained because Billy Batson, as a 14 year old, He doesn't know how to fight. All of a sudden, he has these powers. How do you make great fight scenes with someone who doesn't know how to fight? Same thing with his foster family. They all suddenly become powerful. They're not going to know how to fight either. So I I understand how they were constrained with that. So they couldn't really get into crazy action stuff. But it's a superhero movie. That's what I want to see. So I I just really wish they could have found a way to make it more compelling and just more action-packed, even though those kids didn't know how to fight.
1: I would agree. I would agree. There was one other thing that I disliked about it. Now, both the actors, one for Billy Batson and for Shazam, they were—they're both. They seemed like they did a really, really good job. The difference, though, between the the two acting, like the actual acting in the movie that I did not like, is their personalities changed from when he's, you know, the fourteen-year-old kid to where he's Shazam. Where what's the guy that that plays his name? Uh, Shazam. What's his name again? Zachary Levi. So, yeah. So, Zachary, his personality's you know, energetic, happy, smiley. And that's how that way it came across when he was Shazam. But when he was – or when it was Billy Batson, he was glower and, and gloom and didn't even talk, didn't barely even smile, didn't even have any interaction with people. And so it was like night and day. Like if he's Billy Batson, he's – um, you know, humdrum and gloomy, when he's Shazam, it's completely 100% opposite. And now he's excited and now going and smiling and everything. So the two differences, I did not think that that was a good call directing wise. I thought the director should have done one or two, two different things. And this is what uh, kind of put, teed me off to it. So the movie, The Kid, that has Bruce Willis, did you ever see that?
0: Yeah, and I did not like it. No, I'm not saying like
1: it or or not. I mean, yes, yes. But there was one thing that I was watching. I saw something about what um, uh, Bruce Willis did. Now, what you could have done if Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis could have acted and then they should they could have said, "Okay, now, kid, you act like Bruce Willis. But Bruce Willis knew, he said he literally said this, I knew the kid probably would not be able to pick up everything on me, so I had to pick up the mannerisms from the kid. And so instead of um like just he said one specific thing where the kid actually points his finger, when he he doesn't really know how to point his finger, the kid because he was like like 5 years old, he pointed his finger with a crook in it, like bent his finger a little bit instead of a straight finger. And just something like that, that Bruce Willis said, you know what, I'm going to pick up on that. And he did the same thing. You know what I mean? With with a crooked finger and sp- instead of pointing it straight. So that's what I was thinking, Zachary could have done, or the director could have done one of two things, but make them a little more in line personality-wise and instead of just a whole dramatic shift. What do you think?
0: I have to disagree with that because the circumstances are completely different. When they... Uh, you know, when he's Billy Batson versus Shazam, when he's Shazam, he has all these powers. Everything is new and exciting. When he's Billy Batson, he's just a crummy kid in a foster family looking for his mom. So it would make sense that the two of them separate, they act differently in different situations. Like, you know, for example, you were a junior high pastor for a long time, right? when you're in that pastor mode, you're up on stage, you're going to kind of have a slightly different vibe, a little bit more energy when you're up on stage trying to deliver messages to the kids. Whereas instead, when you're out in the crowd working with the kids, still those same kids are there, but you're going to be less, maybe less energetic because there's somebody else playing the pastor role up there. You're going to be more like, you know, not so energetic, more like let's pay attention to what this pastor is doing. Let's be calm and cool out here and let him be energetic up there, so that's how I saw it. I was fine with the dichotomy between Shazam and Billy Batson.
1: I think um, I, I I understand what you're saying. I think one thing that they could have done was instead of making Billy so um, dour, uh, dour, standoffish, like not even talking to his friend, uh, you know, his, his brother now, the one with the the cripple one. Um, Freddie, uh, instead of, yeah, it's, Freddie, instead of being so, um, uh, standoffish and literally antisocial, he could have been more, um, talkative and more, more, it, it just seemed like that was, they were playing up that a little too much, but yeah. So I, I understand what you're saying. I still stick by, I think they did a bad job with, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Like, Hey, this is all new. This is exciting. And then this happens, but it just was a little too much for me.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. I feel you there. Uh, what do you think about Mark Strong as the ultimate baddie? Now, I don't think they ever he gave himself a bad, uh, you know, a bad name in the movie. He was just Dr. Sivana. Um, I really like Mark Strong ever since I first really saw him and got to know him in the um, uh, Watchmen movie. Not Watchmen. What's the word? Kingsman movies. Kingsman, In the yes, Kingsman Kingman. movies. Yeah, I really liked him. And I've seen him in a few other things since then. I really like Mark Strong as an actor, and I thought he was really good as a bad guy in this one.
1: Yeah, I like him, too. I was actually really hoping he was going to start singing Country Roads. In <laughs> yeah. <this movie>. Huh?
0: <laughs> that would have been very
1: good. Uh, yeah, I like him a lot. He's a very, very good actor. Um, liked him in Kingsman. In this movie, he did a great job, and I could see the— I guess the kid that was let let down in the beginning to where now he is now the older person, um, it it fit really well and I, I liked it. I thought he did a great job.
0: Good. I'm 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 glad you feel the same way as me. What'd you think about all of his foster family uh the, his siblings, foster siblings. I like the way they were all portrayed in the movie. And I think, you know, oftentimes when you have a movie like this, like if you think about um what is it called, Suicide Squad, or even Justice League. You have all these competing personality types, and it's hard to give them all enough screen time so you really get to know what the character is. But this one, just like in Guardians of the Galaxy, they do a few very simple things, like that little girl, girl Darla. She's all touchy-feely. Everyone's her brother. Everyone's her sister. You understand that kid, right? The older sister, Mary, she wants to get into school, but she's protective of everybody. Like You can really see that in those little instances, and I think they did a really good job six or no, I'm sorry, five different kids portraying everybody's different personalities to the audience.
1: Yes, I think so too. And I really liked when they turned into the superhero, it played out really well. Like their personalities were very, very similar. Um, you know, it played out great in my opinion. Now here's a question I had for you. And it seemed like this is a case, but the superpowers that each one of the his uh, siblings had were only a portion or one power that Shazam had. Okay. That's interesting. Oh wait, so, is that your question? Is that yes, question or yes, is is that okay. the case?
0: It seemed like it. My guess is if you're a superhero, the first thing every super habit superhero has is durability, right? Like bullet invincibility, as Freddie said at one point in the movie when the gun shot him, uh not the guns, because people kill people. Guns don't kill people. <laughs> um, when the guy shot him in the convenience store, he had bullet durability, right? Or bullet invincibility. My guess is everybody has durability because you can't have super strength or speed without being able to take a hit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Everyone has that. But yeah, it did seem like one person had strength, and that was Pedro. Electricity was Eugene. Hyperspeed was uh, Darla. And then flight was Freddy, of course. And then I guess Mary... I guess maybe I don't know. Did Mary display anything? Maybe she just had.
1: Strength? I don't remember. Like I literally don't remember what she was doing. She was just being tangled up with that one blob guy. Yeah. So uh,
0: maybe maybe she had strength, but oh well. Pedro had strength too. So yeah, uh, I, I yeah they didn't really show Mary's uh power set right there. Yeah. Now
1: what's interesting is there is going to be one more. Or there has to be one more because there's seven seats on that you know council in the king mm-hmm. Ro- or no like the rock place or whatever like that their third layer so there's one more that hasn't emerged yet so that'd be interesting to see who that is
0: that's right there was seven huh yep yep seven seats interesting so maybe it'll be the dad or the mom maybe maybe in the next movie you know
1: now i was just watching something um where uh, somebody was trying to explain a little bit of the history and stuff because they read the comics and stuff apparently there's like a oh shoot was it a dog or like a a a rabbit or something like that that was a part like an another shazam type of person or um character like they were like they were joking but it literally had the comic fate like uh um captain marvel like superman
0: had a super dog at one point right is that what you're
1: saying something like that yeah yeah we got a shazam dog there you go there you go okay okay i gotta bring up you just brought up superman i was so disappointed i was like DC, can't you get your act together and have Henry Cavill actually be in the movie?
0: Yeah, well, uh, yes, I agree with you. I was fully, I like the fact, I thought the camera would pan up and we would see him. I really wanted to see him. I agree with you they there's this whole thing right now going on where they don't know if Henry Cavill is going to be in the next whatever movie has Superman in it they don't know if it'll be him if they're going to just reboot the Superman franchise we don't know what's going to happen so they probably didn't want to put Henry Cavill in maybe they didn't want to pay him 1 million or 500,000 whatever it would take for one day's work either but I, I think they don't know if they're going to use him so they just didn't use him here.
1: That's just sad. It, 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 it is. just, it, it really, it was so. I was like, oh, that's that's just a letdown. Like it is. You, it's Superman. Like, hey, he he met Superman now, and Superman, what? We can't even see his face. I, it, they should have just said, you know what? We have to do if we're going to put it in there. Like, don't even put it in there unless it's actually going to do it the right way. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I got you. I mean, they know that um, uh, Aquaman is Aquaman. I can't think of the actor's name right now. Can you? No. Gosh darn it. I feel like a dummy when I can't come up with a world <laughs> world renowned actor's name. What well, you can barely remember my name, so Yeah, I'm not, I'm I going I know Bob. Hold that against you. Um Yeah. So anyway, they should have had him not should have because Superman's a bigger character. And obviously, Freddie loves Superman from the beginning because he had that bullet. But I mean, you choose Wonder Woman or Aquaman right there. I think that would have been a better choice than a a headless Superman. I
1: completely agree. And it was sad. Now, I had to leave because I had flag football practice that I had to get to. Was there anything after that, like after credits that you that you saw?
0: I didn't stick around to the very end. I kind of assumed that that final credit scene with the caterpillar talking to Mark Strong, Dr. Savannah, I figured that would be the very end. Okay, I did not see that. Oh, the caterpillar. Oh, okay. Thing. So Mark Strong is in his cell, writing all those symbols all over the walls. And then that little caterpillar that we saw in the beginning of the movie inside that glass jar, midway through, it broke out and it wasn't there. He's talking to Mark Strong. I can't remember what he says, but he says, you know, something like, you know, we're going to beat them, whatever, something's coming. I, I can't really, um, recall exactly what he said, but my thought was, do dc fans know this caterpillar because i don't know anything about no freaking caterpillars in dc do you know anything so i
1: watched um somebody explaining more about the
0: storyline and history
1: so apparently there's a very smart alien caterpillar like he's, mm. like, he's like a uh, not just a genius like beyond genius like think of any smart person um that it sorry any evil Character that's extremely so that
0: thing was a prisoner of Jimon Hansu's Shazam, maybe.
1: Yes, correct. And he broke out.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So he's
1: he's super intelligent. That's that's what his power is is super super intelligence.
0: Caterpillar, though. (laughs) Yeah, I know, huh?
1: Seriously. But I mean, it's a kid, it's a kid one, you know, it's a kid type of comic that's going to make a kid happy. And so a caterpillar, but there. Uh, anyways, there were a couple of things that I saw, like there's a banjo man and stuff like that. You know, it's like uh, you're just kind of making up characters that aren't really. Um, ah. They just try to throw things together. Yeah, <laughs> your 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 creativity is lacking here.
0: Well, but, yeah, though uh, <laughs> that banjo man and caterpillar that might have been back in the 1950s, you know. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Much, much long, longer, longer cool means. So, um, well, well, we'll keep talking about the movie, of course, but let's get to our lessons learned. And here's my first one. Everyone is more understanding if you step out ahead and you admit your foibles, right? So this was kind of evidenced in the movie and in the trailer when they kind of poke fun at the name Shazam because it sounds childish. Um, It it just sounds like a childish name. You know what I mean? My name is Shazam. It just sounds kiddish. So they poke fun at it within the movie and the trailer. And it just got me thinking also in, in the real world, right? If you commit adultery or you make some kind of uh, lying proclamation, but then you come out and admit that you were wrong before somebody else brings it to light. The world is more understanding of you, right? If if you never miss, if you never uh, if you never admit things, and then somebody else brings it to light, like James Gunn, right? That that dude brought it to light all those past tweets, and then of course he gets fired because of it. But if he would have come out two years ago and said, "Hey, these past tweets, I'm not a fan of them, and I'm going to take them down," nothing would have ever happened, you know. So suffice it to say everybody understands if you step out ahead of those issues that's a good that's a good thought now at what point in the movie does that refer to um in the beginning when um uh well not in the beginning i'm sorry midway through when jamon hansu's shazam says grab my staff and then billy batson laughs at that and he says shay might say my name shazam and the billy says really that's your name shazam and then so they poke fun at the name within the movie, which allows the audience to just kind of accept the yes, name. Yes, I get. Because the, okay. the movie's not trying to, you know, the movie accepts what it is, you know, kind of a childish name. And when they accept it, the audience accepts it as well. That's a good
1: point. Yeah, I like that a lot. And what's interesting is he can't call himself like that. Like somebody says, so what's your name? Call me Shazam. And he changed, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so you can't, he has to make up a different name. And it was fun how along with that, the movie kept trying to make up fun, funny names, and it could be a play on, you know, hey, Captain Marvel, like he can't just pick up Captain Marvel, like Captain uh, Sparkle Fingers and stuff like that, uh-huh. you know, so that's kind of neat. I thought that was rather a rather good way to play it.
0: You know, what's interesting, they called him um, uh, Captain, you know, or Mr. Sparkle Fingers. No, it in, was Captain,
1: Captain Sparkle Fingers.
0: Well, Captain in the movie, in Shazam, but... In Thor Ragnarok, Jeff Goldblum said, oh, those little sparkles coming out of your fingers? Yep. And so they they referenced that. Why didn't they call him at one point Captain Marvel? And then he said, oh, I don't like that name. I can't do that. Like, why not poke fun at that, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yep. They, could,
1: they, they It seems like they could have not had copyright infringements, but I don't know. Yeah, So yeah, I gotcha. Okay. So my first lesson, and I I love these types of movies where um, you know there's a there's a kid that's being picked on that somebody else needs to help out, and so you have Billy Batson stand up for his um, foster brother, Mm -hmm. and you know so the first lesson is stand up for the little guy. There you go. Just like in Alita, where she says, I do not stand by in the presence of evil. Very, very cool line. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you gotta stand up for people that are being, um, not necessarily bullied. Obviously, bully is bad. But like if somebody's literally getting physically hurt or injured or, you know, it's, it's getting, it's, it's bad, you gotta stand up for them.
0: Yep, I agree with you. I love that lesson right there. And that was a really good one taken directly from the movie. It's, uh, it, it was cool. Like, so he's supposed to have this, he's supposed to be pure of heart. But does it make sense? You're pure of heart, and you start walking away when you're. I guess it makes sense because he doesn't want to consider them family. He wants to run away. So, like, what he wanted in life kind of conflicted with what he knew he should do. Um, until the kid said, "You know, your your mom doesn't love you." or Whatever he said, and that the whole mom mention sparked Billy to fight. But it it just kind of occurred to me that there was kind of a little. Uh, A little brief twenty seconds right there when you think, "Wow, this kid really doesn't have a lot of heart," you know. Very, very true. And
1: I mean, you think of pure of heart. If somebody's stealing from people, that's definitely not pure of heart. But I did like how Billy Badson told him, "Hey, there was uh, told uh, Shazam the the wizard um, Digimon." told him, there's nobody, like literally nobody is pure of heart. You're not going to find one single person, which is absolutely true. Everybody yeah. is, is you know, flawed and, and sinful and have that issue. So yeah, yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. Except for me, of course. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I forgot. I, present company excluded. Desert, there you go. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, number- my second lesson is kids yeah. need to feel loved, accepted and wanted. So Billy Batson, he just wanted to find his mom and find his own place in the world, right? To know that he is loved and everything. everything, And he just wouldn't accept it from any foster family until the experience of this movie taught him that his mom doesn't love him and his family's, his foster family's the ones that he wanted, you know? But it's really easy for us as parents, me and you and every other parent out there, it's super easy to show your kids love, right? You simply just... You simply be there for them, listen to what they want, do activities with them, hug them, kiss them, tell them that you love them. Bam, they're going to feel loved and they're going to be more successful in this life and not feel that there's some kind of like heart or not heart. There's some kind of like hole missing, some kind of like bleak emptiness inside of them.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's a fantastic lesson. So what is really interesting is people tend to define the word love, like let's define the word as an emotion or a feeling or anything like that. But in reality, love is an action. It's something that you do. And so every time that you everything that you expressed is doing something, you know, listening to them, being there for them, encouraging them, building them up, doing things for them. That's how you show love. And some people, um, they, they don't get that. So they just, you know, Hey, I have, how do I make them have these emotions? Well, the only way to do that is by you act in loving ways. And Mm -hmm. with that comes the feeling of love.
0: I love that. Yes. Yes. Good point right there so
1: cool now my second lesson is no matter what situation you are in act cool <laughs> and so <laughs> and so this is when i was talking about a little earlier was how in you know as he's discovering his powers and literally fighting the bad guy he's like oh wow well, i can fly or you know he's in, in all the movie you see how um as he's Becoming Shazam or into more, you know, the the Shazam character or more uh, the the, um, Guardian uh, champion is what they call him. As he's learning more and more about himself, like he's literally just comes across like he's a dork and like dude just act cool like like hey of course you got uh, you know this power but don't act like you're (laughs) this is the first time you learn about it you know act like you've been there before and and act cool but like in everything even when he's talking for the very first time with the um uh, the main bad guy the doctor um you know he's like oh you know he's, he's just acting so like Uh, not cool. So anyways, that's my opinion is, or my lesson, no matter what situation you're in, read the
0: situation and act cool. Yep. I love that lesson for sure. It's it's okay to act like you know, super enthusiastic and energetic when you're experiencing something fun with your family and stuff, but you're right, when it's something new, yeah, act cool, baby, like, you've been here before, you know what's going on, this bad guy that you're fighting right here, um, he's not going to think that you're brand new to this, like, you want to give him the, give off the aura that you're experienced, that you're not some, uh, some kind of newbie at this whole, uh, superhero fighting bad guy realm, you know? Yes, absolutely. Cool beans. All right, my third lesson is closure is not worth striving for. So, did you ever see the movie High Fidelity? <clears throat> I I think I I fell
1: asleep or something. I, I watched a part of it.
0: Yeah, a lot of people say it's one of their favorite movies ever. It it was kind of cool, but John Cusack in the in this movie, his whole goal behind the movie, it was all themed around, or the story was all around him finding closure with these past relationships. But I'm telling you when it's John Cusack and thinking about your past relationships and trying to figure out why they ended or your Billy Batson trying to figure out why your mom never found you it's really not worth it right you don't need to understand fully what happened in your past to know who you are as a person and where you're going in the future you know your place is here you're right here right now you don't need to worry about the past so much too many people want closure looking for closure that leads to regrets in life oh man this is what happened i should have done this and this and then it just leads to bad feeling and regrets in life so skip the closure just realize that the past is what it is you experienced it you've grown because of that experience you are what you are now because of it just move on with your life
1: yeah that's fantastic yeah um closure is definitely overrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Just move on. Stop living in the past, live in the yeah. now. Like you're saying, I love Wayne's world where he said, Wayne live in the now. I'm like, absolutely. If you yeah. keep, if you keep having regrets and you don't move on from them, then you're always living in the past, not living for the future. And that's something that, so I'm not a nostalgic person at all. Like I'll look at pictures. I'll be like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was great. I'm good. But I don't think about my high school days. I know there are some people that they constantly look back to, man, in high school, it was fantastic. Or You're when talking in, about Al Bundy. There you go. Yep. <laughs> the time he tried to jump over the Corvette and clip the guy's nose with his foot and fell and hurt himself. <laughs> yep. like, yeah. So um, closure is overrated. You need to move on. And I completely agree with you in that. I love that lesson. So my third lesson is... It goes along lines with what you were talking about, like with family and everything like that. And um, so you want to look to the help of your fr- family and friends. Like don't turn everybody away. And I really enjoy movies or I wouldn't say that's not the best way to say it. I understand appreciate? and I c- appreciate There you go. I appreciate movies. And okay, here's here's a fantastic movie. Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt is a fantastic movie. But the whole lesson that I got out, like the main lesson is, let me ask you, what's the main number one lesson that you get out of that Joe Dirt movie?
0: Oh, man.
1: Mullets are cool? Dude, aside from that, come oh. on. That's, that's the number one lesson over life. I don't know. You tell me. What is it? <laughs> so the number one lesson I got out of was he kept searching for his family. It's the same type of story. Kept searching for his family, but he found out after he found them for, you know, 20, 30 years, they're horrible people. They're bad people. And what he should have realized was his family was right in front of him from the very beginning. Like that's who his family was. And he kept going outside and pushing away the people that are his family because hoping for something he had in the past or didn't have anymore. Same exact thing here with Billy Batson. He was going after his mom going after his mom realizing either she's a bad person, bad situation but no th- my opinion being a 17 year old leaving your kid that's like you know two years old or three years old, you're a bad person and so um, I, in my opinion when I'm looking at that, you see the perspective that what you currently have, your family and friends around you, people that you know actually care about you, don't push them away you go at, go talk to them, have them help you and don't think that you can go someplace else or you should just you know disregard them.
0: I love that lesson. You're 100% right about that. The only problem with Billy Batson was he didn't feel like these people were his family yet, but it's pretty evident how, you know, uh, you know, almost all the way through the movie, he does decide that, yes, these are my family. These are the people worth sticking with because they're trying to help me. They're good people. I, I really like that lesson that you pointed out just then.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. So there was... Um uh, you're done with all your lessons, right? We got all three of your lessons. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, so there was one, there a couple two two different thoughts. Number one, we got to talk about our favorite scene. But number two, I was being being a Christian. You know, I pray all the time, and I pray with my family before before dinner. I appreciated that they prayed before before the dinner. I thought that was really cool. I just missed that they they never. or I missed that they should have said it. Um, but they never said amen when they were done. It was just thank you for this food, thank you for this day, thank you for the family i think or something like
0: that Uh uh-huh something like that
1: and then they stopped and it was like you know oh well at least they're praying which is really really cool but it shows camaraderie shows Mm -hmm. um, a unity and you know part of me is like well who are you thinking like what 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 are you thinking like the the the, uh the gods or um the world or whatever but anyways i thought that was good that they prayed i just kind of wish that they had a little more direction in that but that was the first one the second one is the favorite scene so what is your favorite scene in the movie
0: uh, I think my favorite scene was the whole, uh, I guess, testing out his superpowers and how they were doing the different. He did the little floss at one point and he, you know, uh, Freddie set him on fire secretly, <laughs> you know, the box. And I really liked that whole scene there. I would agree. And I kind of thought
1: I would like the action scenes more, but they weren't that enjoyable, that memorable. Like uh, Like you said. I, I just don't even... Only thing I remember is um, Darla running for the first time and kind of tripping and all that stuff. I thought that was, you know, rather fun. But everything else is kind was of... That was
0: cool. I like that you pointed it out. She was great. The actress that played the older Darla, I really liked her portrayal of a kid. Like, she's probably like nine years old, give or take, right? Maybe yeah. even 11, I don't know. But whatever. She did a really good job as now an adult, still with that 11-year-old mentality.
1: Yeah, terrific. And so I really like the finding out the powers and learning about his because that that's a good thing to think about that you could easily gloss over and superman we never learn how he learns his powers or you know at least in the movies um but it's really cool to see that he had to actually figure out his powers and how he did it and being a kid 14 years old having these powers you're like
0: dude this is fun let's figure this out let's do some cool things shoot some videos and all that sort of stuff i thought that was good Cool being So that's cool that we had the exact same funnest scene right there. Um, but what about your Monday morning quarterback? Let me tell you what mine is just so you don't steal my thunder. Um, <laughs> my Monday morning quarterback is that Freddie should have picked up that first bullet in the convenience store. He should have said something like, this is going to be worth a fortune. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a, I never would have thought of
1: that. That's, that's great. Very um, Very cool. So I think my Monday morning quarterback it stems from um, the the actual Shazam him finding the 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 guy to um, uh, replace him you know the the champion and I don't know how it would actually play out but he should have when what's his name snuck in and got into the place he should have done something like he had powers but apparently he couldn't use any of them or he was it was just rather sad how he literally did not have um the ability to stop him so he should have just like zapped him and killed him right then and there or his fast powers to stop him from touching the eye and all that sort of stuff
0: that's a good call i thought the exact same thing because in the very beginning he zapped the little 12 year old uh thad was his name zapped him and got him to not touch that uh Blue glowy thing, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, why not later on? I agree with you. I guess it's because his power is waning. It's been 20 something years or 40 something years since then. I guess he's maybe using all of his power to hold the seven deadly sins at bay.
1: Yeah, but you could just run up in there and hit him with your
0: staff. I mean, there's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there's uh, things you could do. Yep, there's that as well. Um, so speaking of the staff. That's not my movie prop, actually. <laughs> okay. My movie prop is the first bullet that Superman, that or not the first bullet, the bullet that bounced off of Superman in the plastic bag with that certificate of authenticity. That's the movie prop I would want to keep. That's a good one. I like that. So I like the
1: eyeball. Like, not the ball, like the glowing thing that's the CGI, but the actual eyeball that was inside the bad guy. Oh,
0: Hmm, I don't know that that's a movie prop. That's probably just all CGI, right? Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> but if they made one, I'd put it on my little shelf. This was his eyeball. that held all those seven deadly
0: sins. That's right. There you go. Oh, speaking of those seven deadly sins, I really liked, I could tell that they were total CGI. It wasn't as good as Thanos or his Black Order or anything, but they looked pretty cool, man. If you saw those in real life, you'd crap your pants and run if you saw those demons there.
1: Oh my goodness! You absolutely would. They did a really good job, like gargoyles made to life, and they were very, very bad dudes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did. I, like I that. liked.
1: I liked how um, Billy found out about Envy. I thought that was really, really cool. How Envy was the last one in there, and that's what Envy is. Envy's envious of, of everything, and so he played on that really, really well. I thought that was a very good story plot.
0: Absolutely, and I like how they figured out how how, you know, uh, Dr. Savannah had that weakness when all of the seven deadly sins are outside of him, bam, his head got cut. And when they came back in, it healed itself. I, I really like their discovery of that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in all, I thought the story was really good. I thought the plot was really good. Um, yeah, I, that's why I gave it a minus. I, it was enjoyable.
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. Uh, Enjoyable. And I would, I would, and actually I'm going to have to go see it again because I saw it by myself while my boys are at school. But next week is spring break. So on Tuesday, cheap movie day, $5 movie day, we'll probably go see it. I'll go see it again. First time for them.
1: There you go. You know, what's rather funny. I watched it in 3d and it wasn't that much more exciting than I would normally watch it.
0: Yeah. You know, you can go online. There are some websites that like their whole goal behind the website is to tell you which 3D movies are worth seeing, mm-hmm. so it might be good a, a good idea ahead of time just to go there, type in Shazam, and then see what they say because some movies like they said that um what was it uh what was the movie? oh Alita Battle Angel they said that that's totally worth seeing because they directed it and produced it specifically for 3D to give you the best 3D experience. My guess this movie was only 150 million dollars. And I say the word only, but it had a budget of $150 million, which means it probably wasn't meant for 3D. They just released it in 3D, made some few, a few modifications, you know. So I would recommend do some Google searching ahead of time. See if it's worth it to see it in 3D. That's a good point.
1: I didn't know that I didn't know people did or there was a site on that. So I'll definitely check it out because it costs a little bit more. But I was like, yeah, it's 3D It has to be good. But I honestly did not notice anything. I, when I took the glasses off, I was like, okay, I could see a little bit of depth. But man, it wasn't nearly anything like Alita was fantastic in 3D.
0: Yeah, I screwed up, and I missed it in 3D in the theaters here uh, because it was only in 3D for one week, and then it was gone, man. It was such a bummer. But when that movie comes back in 15 years in theaters, I'll be there for 3D. There you go. <laughs> cool, beans. So uh, regarding Shazam, anything else that you want to talk about before we move on? No, that's it for me. Okay, Cool, Bean. So um, I think we kind of both— Chose this movie for this week because we we both wanted to talk about on the podcast we wanted to get back to the updated podcast not the replays and stuff so next week Dust is uh, so we have at least two weeks until Avengers Endgame and of course we are going to see that so next week do you want the choice for next week or do you want me to have it for next week's movie
1: I'll give it up to you because right now there isn't anything that I am you know
0: dying to watch okay easy choice next week ace ventura part One. Oh my goodness dude you're speaking my language
1: that, <laughs> is, that is one of the best movies you know what was funny when that first came out i was like i didn't really understand it because we were pretty young when it first came out uh, but it got more and more funny but i realized that um how much humor makes me feel better and so I was sick one day. I think it was maybe like in high school or something. I had a cold. I was home. And I put on Ace Ventura. I was laughing so much. I started feeling better, even though I was still sick. I started feeling better. And so whenever I get sick, I put on something like Ace Ventura. Actually, I literally put on Ace Ventura. Watch that. I feel better.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so perfect. You know, I remember when Ace Ventura came out. I think it was 1996 or 95, right around there. I pre-ordered it from Sam Goody ahead of time you know for the for the vhs not dvd everybody the vhs release and i went there as soon as it was released i went there and i picked it up i took it to school it was the end of the school year so we watched it in what like my english class you know and then yeah that was probably my copy of ace ventura that you watched at home nice it probably was yep yep nice and then hey you know because we have two weeks until avengers endgame I wouldn't be opposed to you choosing Ace Ventura part two for the following week. I love
1: <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, your balls are showing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. Bumblebee tuna. Bumblebee Bubble tuna. Bumblebee tuna. Bubble bee tuna. <laughs> yep, yep. Alrighty. So next week is Ace Ventura, everybody. And uh, well, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Watch and Learn Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. And so, of course, now that you know how we feel about Shazam, we want to hear your thoughts. And not just your thoughts on the movie, but also any life lessons that you took away from it that Dusty and I overlooked. So just go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod43. Leave a comment, uh, check out our life lessons, watch the official trailer right there. All that jazz, we would love to hear from you. Thank you very much. All righty then, my name was Sky, And this is Dusty. And we will return next week with
1: Ace Ventura Pet Detective.